In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place. This is the Daily Memphian Politics Podcast. I'm Bill Drees. Our main event is Shelby County Commission Chairman Van Turner and Commissioner Edmund Ford Jr. with Omer Youssef on money for new voting machines and notes from the rest of the county budget season. Top of the podcast, filing season in the city, no, not taxes, qualifying petitions, the means by which candidates get on the ballot for Memphis elections in October, a crowd of 34 people pulling petitions on opening day of the filing period, all involved have until noon July 18th to get at least 25 signatures of qualified voters to get a spot on the ballot in races for mayor, all 13 city council seats, city court clerk, and the three city judges positions. More on who's pulled so far coming up. It's also budget season, and at City Hall, the city council dealing with seven sets of impasse proceedings, five of which the committees decided in favor of municipal unions over the administration. But the full council ultimately going with the union final offer in only two cases, police and fire. The council approved raising police pay by 5% in the new fiscal year. Firefighters, 3.8%. Mayor Jim Strickland had proposed 3% for each and 1% for other city employees. This still has a hurdle to clear, namely the funding for the larger-than-expected pay raise. The administration estimates this is about $5 million in red ink the council has to find probably somewhere else in the budget. The other option, a property tax hike in an election year, seems very unlikely. Plenty of precedent for finding this from other line items in recent budget seasons at City Hall, although not to this dollar amount. Meanwhile, the council delayed for a fourth time since March a vote on the first of three readings of the Memphis 3.0 long-range land use and development guidelines. Not much comment from the council, but this was an 11-to-1 vote that probably had something to do with the executive order Strickland signed earlier to carry out the guidelines, excluding the land use control parts controlled by the council. As you heard in our interview with Councilmember Martavius Jones and our last episode, some on the council did not care for the action. In Washington, Congressman Steve Cohen of Memphis, among Democrats pushing House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to make a serious move toward impeachment of President Donald Trump, that during two closed sessions in Washington this past week. Now to who's running for what? Within the city election filing season, former city council member Edmund Ford Sr. breaks his silence on running for his old council district 6 seat. Ford has pulled his petition in that race. So has his nephew, Justin Ford, a former Shelby County commissioner. The younger Ford also has petitions out for city council super district 8 position 1, city court clerk, and city mayor. Latino Memphis Executive Director Mauricio Calvo pulling petitions for all three Super District 9 positions. Sam Goff, who ran for county commission last year as the Republican nominee in the heavily Democratic district won by Democrat Tammy Sawyer, has pulled a petition to challenge incumbent Super District Council member Ford Canale. 
Incumbent Council Members Frank Colvett, Patrice Robinson, Jamita Swearingen, Worth Morgan, Martavius Jones, and Berlin Boyd have all made it official. So have all three incumbent city court judges, Teresa Jones, Jane Chandler, and Tarek Sugarman. Again, the filing deadline, noon July 18th. Early voting is September 13th through the 18th, and Election Day is October 3rd. I'm Omer Yusuf, County Government Reporter for the Daily Memphian. The Shelby County Commission has spent the past couple of weeks going through Mayor Lee Harris's $1.3 billion proposed operating budget for fiscal year 2020. On Wednesday, the Commission completed its second round of budget hearings where a majority of elected officials and offices have asked for an increase in funding in their budget, whether it's for their operational budget or capital funding. Joining me to talk all things budget on the podcast today is Shelby County Commission Chairman Van Turner and County Commission Budget Vice Chairman Edmund Ford Jr. Welcome both of you to the podcast. Thank you. Good to be here again. Thank you for inviting me. Hopefully it's not the last time, but we'll see. (laughs) So first off, the big topic during the budget hearings this week was the election commission and their ask for new voting machines. Of course, the mayor is withholding funding from his capital budget until there's more discussion about the election process. Mm -hmm. But the election commission, on the other hand, is saying that new voting machines would go a long way towards clearing up a lot of those issues. So where do both of you currently stand on that issue? Chairman, I'm going to defer to you first. Well, you know, I think that uh, the new vote machines will likely be necessary, especially if we are asking for a a paper trail or a receipt so that we know uh, that um, after the vote is cast, you have some record of of how the vote was cast. And I think that's uh, critical. And so if new machines will provide for that, then, you know, I think that's a good thing. On the flip side, uh, the fact that when early voting was to begin last year, uh, the election commission was only uh, uh, having the early voting take place at the Agri Center. I mean, that's an issue, right? We want to make sure that, you know, the vote is open and people throughout the county can uh, vote. And as you recall, uh, the NACP took, took the election commission to court and they prevailed and the chancellor uh, made the election commission open up more early vote sites. You were the plaintiff, weren't you? I, it was, I, I wasn't the plaintiff. <laughs> oh, that, okay. that was in another case. Yeah, that was but, another case. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so, you know, things like that don't necessarily have to do with the uh, vote machine. It has to do with operations and decisions. And so we want better decisions and better operations in conjunction with new vote machines. Commissioner Ford? As I said um, this past Wednesday, for different reasons, and this is a very rare case because I usually don't agree with the mayor on a lot of things, but this time I actually do, but for different reasons. I know how much the ask was. I know that many of the um, public was able to see what type of machines that the election commission would consider later down the road. Now, as I've said before, The machines are old, and you do have many people in my community that do not trust the brand of the machines that we have because of several things that have happened in other cities. The only thing that I'm concerned is to have a fair and equitable election, and I think everybody in Memphis and Shelby County uh, deserves to have a fair and equitable election. And I just want to make sure that whatever machines we put in are are ones that give fair and equitable results. I also don't want us to jump the gun. Uh, I know there's a select group of folks that want 
a particular municipality, Memphis, to have instant runoff voting in October. However, you still have no policy given by the General Assembly or the City Council, and it has a lot of lawsuits that I would say that uh, Mr. Wade has been uh, winning every single time. So there are a lot of unanswered questions. And I don't think that the county commission should be putting in extra dollars on something that has not been fully vetted by the General Assembly, the City Council, and the courts. So that's where my concern was. So, again, I agreed with Mayor Harris on holding off, but it was for different reasons, as I've mentioned. So taking all that into consideration, next week when I believe you're able to present budget amendments, would either of you support a budget amendment to give the Election Commission the funding it's asking for? Well, I think uh, what we're going to try to do is have a – we had talked about an ad hoc committee, uh, but I think that we have to move much more quickly than an ad hoc would move. And so what I'm contemplating doing, hopefully with the support of the other commissioners, is to call for a joint meeting with the Election Commission. And these are – you know, we've done one with the city council. We've done one with uh, the school board. And so what I'm hoping – uh, to do with this joint meeting is to have a joint resolution of, uh, of of understanding, a memorandum of understanding, a resolution of understanding, which both bodies could separately pass, pretty much spelling out what they're going to do to improve operations. And this is something that can be done. This is a document that we can point back to uh, should other issues occur in the future. And I think once we have that, uh, perhaps there will be comfort in uh, the other commissioners, uh, you know, releasing the CIP dollars once we have a commitment to uh, a fair and more equitable process as it relates to how they run elections. What would be the timetable for that meeting? You th- I mean, we have to move quickly on it. I mean, our, our, our first resolution is, uh, is not due to be passed until June 5, and then you still have the tax ordinance, which takes three readings. So we, we got pretty much through, through, through June so, I mean, we need to jump on it, and, and amendments can be made at any point in time, you know, not just next week, but, you know, throughout the process. So hopefully it'll take place at some point at the end of May or early June uh, prior to us passing the final budget at the end of June. So next week you'll be hearing from Shelby County Schools, uh-huh. <laughs> and they're asking – they're going to be asking for $10 million in additional funding. Right. We're – Commissioner Ford, I'll start off with you on this one. Where do you stand on that, and what are your thoughts about what you've heard so far about their budget? Let me go back to your previous question. We have a lot of needs that have been articulated to us over these budget hearings. Now, these budget hearings are a little bit different from the ones that I had to preside over on the Memphis City Council. But the similarities have been that there are a lot of in-house needs that we have not taken care of. With all due to, um, with all due respect to uh, Mayor Harris, uh, he did present a balanced budget as he's supposed to do. So he's done his job as far as that's concerned. But there have been a lot of needs. There have been a lot of gaps. I know there have been a lot of needs that county commissioners have uh, asked about, as well as the assessor, criminal court clerk, circuit court clerk, juvenile court clerk, county clerk, juvenile court judge, the veterans court, and the environmental court. And I said this uh, last, well, this past Wednesday that we need to put our house in order before all these other needs. And it was challenging to me that after a mayor has presented his balanced budget, 
He's supporting other things that are outside of his budget that puts this county commission into a situation on whether we look at these outside needs that are not placed in his budget or do we go back and look at priorities first. And I think that each commissioner may identify priorities differently. Um, I know that I'm one that looks at services first, and I want to make sure that employees, the 6,000-plus employees that we have, um, are taken care of in a particular capacity. You know, I've already discussed with you that I think that uh, the salary schedule, uh, the tiers that the mayor has put in place are inequitable, and I think it violates um, policy number 501. And I plan on bringing as one of my amendments something that gives more fairness and equity to our employees, not just our deputies, not just our fire, not just our correction officers, but everybody as a whole. But to go back to Shelby County Schools, I had a great uh, conversation with um, Kevin Woods, who's the budget chair, and I informed him that. I need a little bit more information because I was not 100% pleased with the answers that I got to my questions. I think. Could you tell us a little bit more about the questions? About the questions. So I gave approximately 40 questions to Lynn Johnson, who is uh, their CFO. And I looked at their budget that's online and I looked at their second quarter reporting. And I saw millions and millions of dollars of disparities out of that entire budget. And for Shelby County Schools to ask for more money when I see millions of dollars of disparities, whenever we do have that conversation, I'm going to be asking those questions on why in this particular division you report $1.7 million. But according to your second your second quarter report in the same division, you don't have a $1.7 million budget. You have a $10.9 million budget. Now, There are a couple of things that I am bringing to the table where I believe that we can get the best bang for our buck and it's not going to cost $10 million, but it is going to offer our youth uh, not just financial literacy, but workforce development early because many of the people that I know in private industry talk about we have not created a workforce that can leave high school and start getting one of those 15,000 unfilled jobs. Well, we can't just talk about it. We have to start acting on it. And some of the things that I'm bringing to the table, you're getting 9 and 10 and 11-year-olds started early so that they can be on the right track. And it's not going to cost $10 million like what Shelby County Schools is asking for. So I just want to make sure that the taxpayer dollars that we're responsible for, we want. I want to make sure that we're doing the right thing on behalf of all the Shelby County electorate. Chairman Turner, what are your thoughts about the um, Shelby County Schools system? funding request you know as a as a matter of full disclosure my wife is employed um, as a guidance counselor with the school system and uh, you know my three kids are in the system so I always look um, at this issue uh, with an eye towards other families throughout the county who are in my predicament either they have loved ones or significant others who are employed or their children in the district Uh, but I also balance that with what Commissioner Ford uh, has stated we want to make sure that we are good fiduciaries of taxpayer dollars and we don't want to just uh, allocate uh, monies towards uh, issues or perceived problems and they're not really in existence. So we have to perform our own due diligence. We have to 
we have to hear from the school board and we have to make our own determination after we deliberate. For instance, you have the maintenance of effort law, which says you can't decrease funding to the schools uh, unless there's a drop or decline in student population. Mm -hmm. Uh, Has there been a decline in student population, which would require a drop uh, in the allocation that uh, we uh, gave them last year? I mean, we have to weigh all these things and we have to, you know, make sure we're making the best decision Uh, as as has been stated and as. Uh, it is widely known we have a deficit this year when the past previous years we've had a surplus. So we really don't uh, we don't have, at least as we can tell right now, the surplus that we've uh, enjoyed in the past. So we have to be a lot more cautious in our allocations and a bit more deliberative and meticulous when we are, um, you know, reviewing these budgets to uh, see where we will place these taxpayer dollars. But, you know, education is our first and foremost, uh, you know, important allocation. It's the largest uh, aspect of our budget is over 40 percent of our budget. And so we have to make sure that first and foremost, we're taking care of the young people in this community because we know that they would be the future leaders and uh, they will make uh, the city all that we would hope it to be uh, later on down the road. We're celebrating 200 years. And if we want to be around for another 200 years, we best invest in our youth. So um, looking forward to their presentation and uh, looking forward to the deliberations. And hopefully we'll come up with something that's fair on both sides, fair for the county and fair for the school system. I don't think I can make it to 239 years of age, <laughs> but I appreciate your confidence, Chairman. So this this county budget season, there's not there's not as much revenue for the county because there's less property tax revenue coming right. in. And then obviously you have all the increased requests that you've gotten over these past couple of weeks. So just what are your biggest concerns as this budget season continues? And Commissioner Ford, I'll ask you first. I'll say this because I know that many people are talking about either tax increases or cutting significantly. And let me just say this. uh, With my three years of experience when I was on the city council, I heard the same type of narrative. And let me tell you what transpired out of those conversations over the last three years. And I sincerely hope my former colleagues are able to hear this so that they can do the same thing on the other side of the street. We were able to make sure that full-time employees got $15.50 an hour. That was one of my proposals, and it passed. We were also able to make sure that parks, libraries, and community centers got fully funded. We made sure that there was money in paving. We finally went over 2000 as far as complement for police officers. We did all of those things with tight budgets, and we did not have to raise property taxes. We actually tried to make sure that the quality of life for all was preserved. I want that same philosophy to be shared when we go through our budget amendments and when we pass the budget on the county side. And I know that with the 13 individuals known as county commissioners looking and deliberating, we can make that happen. It's all about a little bit of give, a little bit of take. But I think that we're going to be able to do a lot of the things that I just talked about we were able to do on the other side of the street and i plan on bringing that experience over here chairman turner do you agree with those comments yeah i mean um people come to me or they're coming to me now saying man it's crazy it's chaotic you know everything is crashing down and you know uh as as uh commissioner ford has stated this happens every year 
and so you just got to navigate through uh, all the chatter, really take a, a good look at what's happening. Uh, and I, I, I'm happy that uh, Commissioner Ford would bring his expertise over uh, from the city council and, and having uh, chaired the budget for city council. And I think that, and we have Eddie Jones on our end who chaired right. the budget from last year. So we have two veterans at the helm. I'm confident in their abilities. And I think that uh, uh, we, we, we're going to be okay. We just need to spend some time going through everything. We need to finish hearing from all the various departments and get our pencil and paper and, uh, you know, do it the old-fashioned way. And I think that we'll be just fine. So another thing that hasn't quite been brought up since the mm-hmm. budget proposal was MATA and funding for MATA. The mayor said he was going to present a plan in September. We are in May, and that there's been a push from some in the community and some commissioners for amount of funding for this mm-hmm. fiscal year. So where are you all on that, given all the increased requests we've already seen for the county? I'll start off with you, Chairman Turner. Well, you know, uh, I'm supportive of uh, funding for public transit, but we have to do it within the confines of, of what we're dealing with. Uh, and that means that if it's a choice between education and, and public transportation, I think, uh, you know, my constituents would say education first. Uh, you know, perhaps if it's a choice between uh, some funding for public transit and, you know, funding for something else, you know, perhaps public transit would get the priority. And so, again, it's you know, we're in the process, but it's still early to make the final call on everything. I think most of the commissioners are supportive of uh, make an allocation towards matter. We understand in our communities, whether it's Whitehaven or Hickory Hill, that, you know, people, when they have jobs, have to be able to get to and from those jobs. Our young people have to be able to get to and from uh, school and after school programs. And so if, if uh, you know, I'm supportive, if, if we have the funding to do it, we're going to look for it and hopefully at least start somewhere. Uh, and uh, I think that this will be in the best interest of the city and the county because, again, we're trying to bring jobs into the county. We're fighting for jobs, but once we get those jobs here, we got to make sure that the people can get to and from uh, their employment. And so I think that's critical. You know, families who are struggling don't need the added burden of having to maintain a car. Gas, maintenance, all those things that come along with the car can be avoided if we had an adequate public transit system. And so uh, this is something that's good for the county, and I'm supportive, and we just got to see if we can find some money to um, to allocate towards it this year. Commissioner Ford, what are your thoughts about trying to find some funding for MATA this year? There are three needs regarding employment, just like what, Chairman Turner said, and that's transportation skill set and a clean and for, clean or forgivable record. If you have two out of three, that's like you having zero out of three. If you got the transportation and the skill set, but your record's not forgivable, you might not get that job. If you got the transportation and the forgivable record, but you don't have the skill set, you might not get that job. And I think the most significant scenario is you may have the skill set and a clean or forgivable record, but if you can't get from point A to point B, one of those 15,000 unfilled positions at an average of $23.50 an hour will still be vacant. Now, if somebody can make $47,000 a year starting off with a career, I believe they can make it in Memphis and Shelby County. I really do. 
I have been a very strong proponent of finding money for transportation ever since I got on the city council. I was one of the individuals that asked for a referendum item for one cent to be added to the gasoline uh, per gallon. It didn't pass, but it got a lot of traction and it would have generated over six million dollars a year. I did not want to necessarily touch the property tax. And I know that our former governor was working on something to where that particular option was going to be phased out. It's disturbing that if you go back and listen to the state of the county address, our mayor talked about transportation dollars and matter for a very long time in his speech only to come back to say, oh, no, there's no money there. Let's wait until next year. I appreciate the efforts of ground uh, of people on the ground and the grassroots, but I need a little bit more from them instead of just asking me to sign a sheet of paper like they're Grover Norquist and I'm that person signing saying that I'm going to find the money. Now, I don't mind finding money, but I need to know exactly where these dollars are going. I know that a proposal that they sent to, I don't know what they may have said to another commissioner, but they're asking for $5 million in operating and $10 million in CIP. They gave me a document that one of the matter representatives uh, gave them in order to show what they were going to do with the money, but I need a little bit more, more information on that. Secondly, I would ask those same leaders, do not let the city leaders be off the hook for something that's called the Memphis Area Transit Authority. <laughs> I emphasize area because that's where the county can come in with some ideas. And you cannot exclude Arlington, Bartlett, Collierville, Lakeland, Germantown, and Millington in your plan. Otherwise, there's five commissioners I know that will probably vote no. Right. So you're down to eight. But I know I put an ordinance in place that I wasn't able to get considered on the city council that deals with a transportation utility fee. That transportation utility fee has been used in other cities, and it has generated up to about $50 million, depending on how you put it together. Mm -hmm. It doesn't require a referendum. If city council, after they pass their budget, uh, wishes to go ahead and say, hey, we can go ahead and look at this ordinance that was not passed. And if we're able to do something with that, then, hey, there's your money right there. Let me also say this last part. I know that the head of matter has also informed me on several occasions that he can't not spend more than $10 million. He would love to have a $30 million allocation. But realistically, only 10 can be spent because of things that have to be done through the transit 3.0 plan and all of that so i would ask those leaders come back to me go back to other commissioners on what you're specifically going to do with that instead of saying we're going to buy this and we're going to look at these particular neighborhoods i need more specifics and when you refer to groups and lead what groups specifically are you referring to well i know that uh the memphis uh bus riders union i've talked to them i've talked to uh justin on many occasions and i've asked uh what can we do uh, to start funding some of these initiatives. I know that several members from MICA have, off, uh, have also come and discussed this with me. So I've also given them their homework assignment. I'm going to give them an extension on their homework assignment. Mm -hmm. What I've given to them, and I don't mind saying this on your podcast, is uh, I have emailed uh, one of the heads 
all the information on what I have done to try to get us to that particular um, part of the track and hopefully to the finish line. I'm just waiting for those members to come back with what I've asked them for as well. So I haven't gotten it back from them yet, but I do want them to come back with uh, what I've asked them for as well because I don't want this being a case to where they come to us asking for $30 million. We can only realistically use 10 but I don't get where the 10 is actually going to go. I mean, in my, commu- in my community, you got particular bus routes that are going to be eliminated. They're not mentioning that they're going to either reroute those or keep those in. They're just giving me particular neighborhoods. I, I got to have specifics so I can say, okay, I can take this back to the community and say, you're not going to lose this bus route or you're going to get new buses that are going to go here. I got to have those specifics. Where would you ideally want to spend that money? If if the county were able to find it, what what specific areas would you want to really focus on? If you know me by now, Mayor, I include everybody. So it's not just about three eight one zero nine and about three eight one one six. Well, as far as areas but, matter, not not areas as in parts of the city or county. Well, you have to go back and look at that transit three point plan, and that plan is one that I sincerely hope that the grassroots groups have looked at and said, okay, now let's put a fiscal note toward looking at what we can do short-term, mid-term, and long-term instead of just saying, y'all need to bring bring $30 million right now. That's unconscionable. We have to have a plan. I mean, look at what the other uh, people with needs have done. They've come to us, and they have identified finitely what they're going to do with the money and everything. And I don't think that any organization or individual should be given a pass just because they wear particular shirts. And I could easily say that to Shelby County Schools also. Yeah. Chairman Turner, what do you think about where, we are, where we're at in this process? Yeah, I like how uh, Commissioner Ford is, is thinking about this subject matter. So, you know, first and foremost, when we talk about raising revenue, we look to property taxes, and that's where we get a lot of pushback. Uh, and, and let's just be clear, the pushback comes from our commercial uh, owners because what may be a few pennies to one is worth millions to them. And so we get that, we understand it, and, uh, and you know, let's, let's move on. But what Commissioner Ford has suggested really makes sense to me because we're going to have to raise revenue some kind of way. And so that gas tax is really not a bad idea. I mean, eventually over these next four years. We can't do it now, though. We can't do it now. But, I mean, I think thinking about the problem with that type of creativity is is where we need to head over these next four years because – we're going to have to do something over these next four years. We can't continue along the same path that we're going. And that's just based on the projections we have now. Things could change projection-wise, and it will be okay. And I, use, and I say that to preface the answer to this question. A lot of the housing developments within the inner core of the city have been shut down. And they've been changed into mixed-use uh, developments, which is, you know, I'm not saying that that's a good thing. But – what happened to those individuals and those families who cannot move back into those mixed-use developments? A lot of times they're pushed out into uh, what used to be the suburbs of the city, but now it's just Memphis, right? I mean, they're pushed out into the White Havens and the Hickory Hills and the Fox Meadows and the Parkway Villages and, mm-hmm. to, and these areas that are really just right on the outskirts of the urban 
core of the city. And this is where we have the transportation uh, deficits. And so I think when we look to uh, looking at where MATA could go to assist, I think that's where it can go, and they know it. And uh, this is where I think they want to go if they get the proper funding uh, in order to, uh, you know, provide the much needed transportation for these individuals to get to these jobs. Because in many instances, if you're out in Fox Meadows, Parkway Village, areas of North Memphis, Whitehaven, the jobs are not in those areas right now. I mean, I would love for the to, to see the day when we have employment and, and companies moving into these areas. But right now they have to go other places. And so they need yep. transportation. And I think that's where if we were able to find the funding and, and support matter, we would want more lines going to these particular areas. And uh, one final question for both of you, given mm-hmm. all the information that's out there, all the requests that's out there, do you think that the commission and the mayor can come up with a budget that works for most of you at the end of the day? Chairman Turner, I'll start off with you. Yeah, I mean, you know, we got to make it work. Uh, I would hate to have to pass a continuation budget and we, mm-hmm. you know, spend the rest of July and August trying to fight over a tax rate or, or fight over a budget. And Commissioner Ford is shaking his head. And I'm glad he's shaking his head saying we're not going to have that happen. I, I don't do continuation budgets, but go ahead. Yeah, so that's a good thing. And so uh, we have a very smart commission. We have an experienced commission. Uh, Each of the 13 commissioners bring a set of expertise to this budget process, which is invaluable and which we will use. Uh, The mayor has, as Commissioner Ford stated, presented a balanced budget. Now Mm -hmm. the work is up to us. Mm -hmm. The only way the mayor gets involved after this is if he vetoes. And I I don't think he would, you know, do that. And so uh, we just got to get to seven votes. But hopefully we'll get to your unanimous vote because I think we have that type of commission. And I think we're going to you're going to see that cohesiveness. And, you know, everybody's not going to get everything that they want this time around. But we're going to work on it. And uh, we're, we're going to be creative, as Commissioner Ford has stated, in figuring out new revenue for the county. And we're going to be very, very careful and meticulous and efficient uh, with how we spend the revenue that we have. And I think given all those factors, I think we'll, we'll be just fine and we'll have a balanced budget passed before July 1. Mr. Fryer, same question to you. I'm going to do a quick rundown. So I've been keeping count just like I used to on the other side of the street on what the requests have been. So if you look at elected officials, not county commissioners, uh, bottom request comes out to be $1.9 million. Shelby County Election Commission, bottom. $2.5 million in capital. You look at, in my eyes, there should be a little bit more parity. There should be a lot of parity regarding employee salaries. If the city council does pass those impasse dollar amounts for public safety, then our public safety, I'm talking about your deputies, your lieutenants, your fire, your correctional officers, they're going to be making less than what your MPD and some other municipality uh, law enforcement officers are going to be making. We have de-annexation in two years. We have to be competitive now so that we will not lose a lot of our deputies to the municipalities. So we have to start looking at that. So, and, I, and I want the people who are listening to think about that because when you look at these other requests, I mean – Mike is asking for $15 million, five in operating, 10 in CIP. 
SCS is asking for another $10 million. That does not include the salary increases that the mayor had a press conference about after he already presented his budget. So hopefully we don't have any more surprises because I don't think it's fair to the body to hear about it either on the Daily Memphian or any other periodical or newspaper or whatnot before we get in. Then now people are coming to us saying, well, you got to go find this money. I don't I don't think it's fair. Mm -hmm. I know that we already stated that when the mayor presents his or her budget, then that's it. It should be it. Let's not get any more surprises. So. I just mentioned $1.9 million request from elected officials outside of the uh, county commission. You got other groups that are asking for $10 million here, $5 million here, $15 million here. It's going to be about what priorities need to be put first. I'm not saying that anybody's going to receive zero funding, but I am going to state that it's going to be up to the entire body to determine what priorities need to be given first dibs in contrast to others. They may be asking for a significant amount of dollars, but we still need to make sure we know where those dollars are going at the end of the day. So I feel confident that we're not going to have a continuation budget. I don't do continuation budgets. We look, we start compromising our bond rating with Moody's and S&P when we start looking at a continuation budget because that means that we're not doing our due diligence. And as I said before, on the city council side, look, I was the budget chair for three straight years. We passed our budget on the first time in the third and final reading. And guess what? Our bond rating went from negative to positive. And I won't tell you who was the budget chair when uh, we had a negative outlook, but he just happens to be on the 11th floor. But I'm done. <laughs> on that note, thank you both for uh, joining us on the podcast this week. Shelby County Commission Chairman Van Turner and Shelby County Commissioner Edmund Ford Jr. Joel Weinshanker, the managing partner of Elvis Presley Enterprises on the WKNO television program Behind the Headlines this week to talk about the delay in city council approval for the development agreement between Graceland and the Strickland administration announced this past March. They interviewed the latest chapter in a turbulent path for the plans to expand Graceland's campus and a 6,200-seat arena that is pointedly not part of the development agreement, but which nevertheless remains a lively issue. Along the way in Weinshanker's first sit-down interview, the 90s hair band Weinshanker managed and how a trip to Graceland led him to running the show there and later at Paisley Park. Subscribe to The Daily Memphian at dailymemphian.com. You can subscribe to this podcast at Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Memphian, at DM and at Omer A. Yusuf. I'm Bill Drees. The Daily Memphian Politics Podcast is produced by Natalie Van Gundy and comes to you on the OAM Network. In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place.